today on the TMZ Podcast. Welcome to the TMZ Podcast. Derek and Jason here. Derek, Kim Kardashian getting sued yet again over the Skims line. This is the third or fourth story that we've covered over the last year, year and a half. What happened here? What happened this time? Yeah, so this one's interesting. So Skims, obviously hugely successful company, as you as you alluded to, you start to become a, a target of litigation, whether whether meritorious or not. Some of them may be meritorious, some may not, but you are definitely a big target when you're a successful company. This lawsuit's interesting. So a woman is suing over body tape. You know what body tape is? Yeah, sure. I've okay. seen the videos. Yeah, it's uh, when you wear... <laughs> <laughs> It's a good search. It's a good search on YouTube. Anyway, no, uh, uh, yeah. it's a, I, I know. What you're, um, so if you, if you, you know, sort of wear form fitting stuff, you'll sometimes put body tape over some of your privates. So that it also, the holds, holds. It, it also holds the boobs up. That's a big thing. Hold your holds boobs. the boobs up to get cleavage. Oh, you and I talking about the, the uses of body tape is a, is a new Once low. Again, but anyway, I've seen the videos. The woman says she bought this body tape and it was called skims. And she says, you need to test this stuff because it's directly applied to your skin. And like a band aid, you know, it can, it can hurt your skin when you rip it off. And these are very sensitive parts of the body that you put yep. body tape on your nipples and so forth. Um, and she says she got injured because it ripped off her skin. She said this stuff is subjected to rigorous testing before you release it to the market. And this obviously didn't pass because it harmed me. Now, Kim's reaction to the lawsuit is actually pretty brilliant because I've seen this before. She says this woman bought something on Amazon called Skims, but this is not our product on 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 yes. Skims. This is there are Amazon knockoffs of our product. You bought this from Amazon, but our company didn't make this thing that hurt you. It's obviously some sort of rogue seller. We don't sell through Amazon. You have to buy our Skims through our own uh, online retailers. And so Although we're sad you were hurt. She's not saying our product is is safe. She's saying you just don't have our product. It's interesting, though, because we haven't, of all the lawsuits we've heard about King Grant, Kim Kardashian being involved in, both as a plaintiff and as defendant, we have not heard her going after these counterfeiters very often. So we've got these products called skims that are being sold online. I, I got I got to think she's unaware of it. Why is she not made an effort to go after these people? And could the woman potentially, I don't think she could potentially claim. Could Kim go after the counterfeiters? Well, certainly she yeah. could do that, but why hasn't she? But could this woman go after, probably. You well, know, I think it's like a game of whack-a-mole. I think a lot of yeah. the counterfeiters are pretty fly-by-night operations, yeah. some of them in Asia and so forth, where they just make quick copies of things and yeah. don't obviously apply the same standards as as Kim's company. And if you look at the, the Amazon sort of uh, receipt that she got, the logo's all messed up. I I sort of buy what Kim is saying, that this is just not a Skims product. It's a Skims knockoff. So what Kim could do legally, and and we don't have to go into too much detail over this, is bring in that counterfeiter and say, hey, you belong in this litigation, not me. Uh, Good luck finding those people. They're they're very hard to track down You wonder why it is, and I think the the real next phase of the lawsuit, and to your point, we don't have to go too deep legally, but the next phase of these these kinds of lawsuits are for people to go after Amazon for not being rigorous enough in stopping these sellers, which lead to counterfeit products that can, in fact, do injury. Uh, Kim says that her product doesn't harm anybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's interesting you say that because the woman obviously is suing skims because that's a deep pocket. You don't want to sue the counterfeiter typically because right. they're hard to track down and not not a deep pocket. But Amazon, very deep pocket. Very deep Our pocket. standards aren't the up to The deepest pocket in the world. The right? deepest, yeah. I mean, good luck finding yeah. a deeper one than that. So that is an interesting wrinkle to this. We'll see where it goes because this is just Kim's initial response to this lawsuit that was filed yesterday. But this is this is a complete defense. If, if Kim wins on this, it's not going to be a battle of She's experts the truth, saying right. you applied standards. It's just right. not our product. Right. So this is the, uh, the 
the la- latest in a series of lawsuits that Kim, the KKW brand, the Kim Skims brand have been, been involved in. One was a few uh, weeks ago, I believe, maybe a couple months ago now, that involved an allegation by, by a woman who opened up a Skims beauty shop in New York, in either Brooklyn or Bronx. And she said that Kim was aware of the product, aware of the brand. As a matter of fact, contacted the woman. Uh, the woman refused to sell it over. There wasn't an agreement put put in place, and Kim nevertheless used the brand. That's that case is still in litigation. There was one from a couple of years ago where the KKW brand Kim was uh, accused of of stealing the KKW brand. You and I were talking before we we went live today about there's two possible ways to look at this. Either Kim, being large, is a, a huge company, has is a target has a target on the back, which is undoubtedly true, mm-hmm. or Kim Kardashian and her people are sort of scofflaws yeah. and they just sort of thumb their nose at other smaller business people because they really don't care that much and they know at the end their deeper pockets are going to get them what they want. Yeah, I think, I think you know, I don't and really both know. both are true. I, I, yeah, exactly. There may be elements of both that Kim is large and could just Bigfoot and steamroll the process and say, ah, the hell with them. We'll pay them off later. Let's get big. We love this name, so forth. Or it could be that she's, uh, you know, targeted and, and is not doing anything wrong. I think you're right. Often the truth lies somewhere in the middle and the the thing about the way the news covers this and and to to us to a certain extent is you you follow the complaint but then there's a lot of litigation that goes yeah. on and then you sometimes tell you about the conclusion but all but that the conclusion stuff in the middle, is often a settlement that is yes. not made public so you don't hear about the end so a lot of what we hear about it are the initial the allegations, in the initial response, and then the conclusion, right. which is often no one admits anything wrong. Here's a couple thousand bucks, and you can't draw any conclusions. And from that it. may or may not be public at all. We may just the cases may disappear into the firmament. Which That's right. Is what often happens, which uh, is why trials are so fascinating when they happen because they're rare, right? Yeah. So the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial, obviously very different circumstances, but people love that because you actually got to see the battle wage out in court. Yeah. That's exceptionally rare because of how look how many resources. And honestly, it takes. a trademark battle waging out in court is not something that would hold anybody's attention <laughs> for ten minutes. True. Although if Kim Kardashian were to get up on stage like decked out in body tape if you I had the whole would... family with her come on <laughs> come on <laughs> well we had that actually with the black china that's uh, right lawsuit and it was massive and it was massive exactly uh let's move to uh another big big pending case uh this is the the ongoing saga with sylvester stallone and his estranged wife jennifer flavin so remember she filed these documents and the bombshell in them when she filed for divorce the bombshell was that he had engaged in intentional dissipation and depletion of marital assets. That's a big no-no. So that's a fraudulent thing to do to your spouse to move assets away so that they can't access them in the right. divorce. So, so this hap- this kinds of allegations are made all the time, especially when you have big money at stake. But it happens all the time. We just don't hear about it as much in, in lots of divorces, which is the couple will know they're in trouble. One party will know that they're on the way out of the relationship. They're going to about to file for divorce. They know the other party's going to file for divorce. So they take some of the marital assets. They take some jewelry. They take some money out of the bank account. They charge charge a ton of money to the credit cards and they take the assets and they move them basically out of the our account into the me account or into the back shed that you don't know about account. Uh, it's one of the oldest tricks in the book. Right. Though. So courts are aware of this so move it, and there's ways to get that money back right. into the estate. So then it goes in, it goes in the court without these assets. The estate is smaller. When you split it in half, the, the spouse who didn't engage in this got less and the, got, and the spouse that did engage in it gets more. That was the allegation against Sly here, but he says not so fast. Sly says absolutely not. So his his response is, I did nothing of the sort. And this is what you would expect. I mean, it, it is, it's not criminal, but it is a big no-no. It let's, can let's, be criminal, It can right? be criminal to make a fraudulent asset, but or, or sorry, a fraudulent transfer of that nature. But uh, he is absolutely getting out ahead of this and saying, look, I didn't deplete any marital assets. We obviously have a ton. Um, they got married back in 1997. 
Uh, Jennifer Flavin was a big model. Sly Stallone in 1997 was one of the biggest movie stars in history yes. already. The 80s had already yes. passed. So there is going to be some He had nine-figure wealth at that point. Correct. Presumably there's a there's a prenup in, in place that protected at least some of those assets, we have to think. We'll right? have to see, right? But, but there are separate property that Sly is going to claim. I had all this money in the 80s, and if you're looking for the Rocky residuals, well, those go to me anyway because they came from before we were married. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. But in a marriage of that length, Jason, they're going to see some intermingling, right? Like mingling is is a big problem that that just means when your assets from your prior life your single life mix with your marital assets they become marital assets. yeah and one of the big places you often see that is in real property and here we have an enormous palm beach estate that's worth i don't know Couple Massive amount. They moved there during the pandemic. It's huge. Right. It's huge. It's got rocky statues outside. Is no, that that beautiful. house? Yeah, <laughs> not garish at all. Right. Um, but she she asked asked the court for exclusive ask him and the court for exclusive use of that Palm Beach house. He said, no effing way. I'm not giving you that obviously that house means a lot to them. And I there's imagine a there's of, a bunch of reminders of Sylvester Stallone around that house. To your well, point, there, there's rocky memorabilia, the there's right. statues. I, I bet she'd probably pull those up. Right. But uh, you know, this often happens uh, that people will fight over the house, neither party wants to give an inch. So what Ultimately, right, courts can just force the sale of these houses and you split the proceeds. Yeah, they sort of have to. I mean, we, you know, Harvey brought up the movie The War of the Roses. We were talking about it earlier where you draw like a chalk line and then the yeah. warring parties live on either side of the house. That's very infrequent because it's impractical. So they'll probably just sell the house if they can't agree on who's going to live there and split the proceeds. What do you think about my thing, though? If you split the house in half, you and your wife split the, your vitriolic divorce, yes. you split the house in half. Do you bring your bed right to the end of the line, have sex with other people <laughs> right. Right, right next to the line? I mean, it's an assumption that I'm able to bring home people who are willing to have sex with me. But if, if all those in things view, line in up. In view of your ex-wife? That was, <laughs> the stars align, yes. <laughs> Although I think the turnabout would be unpleasant for me. Yeah. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Adidas, and Walmart, and even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. So download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's Rakuten, R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Uh, much happier note, right? Yeah. Serena Williams. Well, I, mean, I don't know it's, about it's, happier note. Yeah. Bittersweet. Bittersweet note. Well, yeah. I mean, everybody gets older and everybody eventually retires. She's, I believe, 40 years old now. She's entering her last Wants to have tournament. a second kid. She wrote she a long article about, yep. you know, moving on from tennis to potentially have another child. The greatest uh, female tennis player of all time for certain. Not even close. Potentially the greatest tennis player of all time, depending on how you look at things. And maybe the greatest, fem greatest female athlete of all time, there's lots of people who think that she is, is uh, is, is doing her, her swan song here. And it's the U.S. Open in, in New York. York, um, and she's in her last tournament. The mat next match she loses will be her last, or maybe she'll win the whole tournament and she will not lose a match. To Go end out like career. Michael Jordan. Although Jordan came back and, and he had lost. an ignominious sort of losing streak with the Wizards, but that's the way to go. John, out. Very John Elway. John Elway retired did it. after Super Bowl. Won. Brady might do it. Mm, yes, he had right. a chance to do it, but but he, but he right. came back. So we'll it. see. 
Right. So Serena Williams, uh, she and she is in Serena Williams style. Her grand style is going out with a splash, right? She has diamond encrusted sneakers that she's playing in. Seems somewhat impractical. Yes. Right. These don't look like winner's sneakers to me. They look like farewell tour right. sneakers. If you're uh, one of those diamonds is going to pop off. And oh, if for you're sure. a ball boy, do you like when you're going to scoop the ball, do you just grab it in your hand and pocket it? And they have been described as diamonds, right? Not swarves, not like crystal, no, you no, know, no, they're crystals. Diamonds. These are diamonds, diamonds in the soles of her shoes or, yeah. or on the rim of the soles of her shoes. It's wild. I think if you're a ball boy, you got to like lick your finger and like try to get them because they're little, <laughs> as you're getting a ball, they can't see be slippery suckers. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, just as interesting as what was happening on the court. So Serena played in her first match of the tournament. She won in straight sets, 6-2, uh, 6-2, six, two, six, right. two, pretty easily but dominated. she's going to draw celebrities to the crowd. This yes. is her farewell Apparently, tournament. The so highest priced tickets in the history of not just the U.S. Open, potentially tennis, are going to be sold at this at this uh, tournament, depending on how long she goes. And in the stands, celebrities were turning out. Two of the biggest were Bill Clinton. Two of the biggest, at least, 1990s celebrities. And one right? of the funniest pairings I think you could have. Yes. Bill Clinton and Dr. Ruth Westheimer. For those of you too young to remember, Dr. Ruth Westheimer was a phenomenon in the 1980s and 90s. She was a sex therapist, this Holocaust survivor, this four-foot-eight-inch tiny yes. little person. She would um, go on the talk show circuit, Arsenio yes. Hall, shows like that, and she would. She has this. she's this tiny woman with this thick German accent, and she she would talk about sex, and it was yes. very entertaining. I'm trying to describe the well, magic of Dr. Ruth. Well, it was in a Dr. day Ruth, before people talked thing. openly on television about sex, and she got on there and sort of blew the doors off of that and talked very openly yes. about sex. And the more she went on and the more sort of her shtick got a little older, she started pushing the limits more and more, talking about sex toys and all these things that just nobody talked about publicly. It's long before the days of, you know... Cardi B talking about sure. whatever she talks about. And it was also, she yeah. was old in the 80s. Yes. When we watched her, Dr. Ruth was a little old woman. Yes. That was what she that presented as. Right. And she is still alive. She's 94 years old. Like we said, she's a Holocaust survivor, had an amazing life. I think she was an Israeli sniper for a number of years. Um, oh, that sounds like hyperbole. That can't be true. Right? <laughs> it's on her wiki. It's wild. Is that right? She was, yeah, you do have to serve in the Israeli army. She moved to like, you know. Yeah. Anyway. Um, she's a fascinating life. I mean, she could just hide behind like anything. <laughs> she's, with, she's sitting there with the most... I, I think the most sexually charged sort of uh, political well, figure we, in, in modern about. history. Sure, sure. Um, uh, and they're talking to each other. So people are wondering, what is what is Bill Clinton during the middle of the U.S. Open saying to Dr. Ruth? I don't know. The jokes just flow, but I'm not thinking of any like specific, but yeah, it's are. pretty There's ridiculous. There's cigars, right? I mean, that, yeah. yeah, that's what we're thinking about. You think he's trying to trading stories? Asking yeah. her, uh, you know. Did reliving you, yeah. his finest moments. I do. I think she's like, <laughs> why didn't you just wipe up the dress? You know, it's, yes. it seems so obvious and he doesn't have any response to it, right? Uh, I don't think so. I think he's like, oh, look, there's a tennis match and he tries to change the subject. I don't think that, I don't think it's a comfortable moment for him to be next to Dr. Ruth. Right. Although he seems to be enjoying himself and she's sort of this public figure who um, just makes everyone feel good. Yeah. She's sort of beloved. She has a bit of a Betty White sort of quality to her. Yeah. So anyway, I'm rooting for Serena Williams. Derek, you told me earlier you're rooting against her. I think you said that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I made that. I, I, want, I, want to, I want to see her win. I mean, like you said, she is the goat of goats. There's no female athlete to your point uh, that I would, put on Mount Rushmore with her. Who's even in her class? Not in our lifetimes. So yeah. Some Babe Dietrichson and some yes. others back in the day and, the, and Billie Jean King and some others who pushed barriers that Serena, well, Serena Williams did push. But barriers, she, she is as close to Michael Jordan who is not Michael Jordan. She's just the best. And, yeah. and there's sort of no dispute and there's very few uh, athletes there's only, there's who only, occupy that space. I, in, I think it's honestly, I don't even think it's Jordan because I, for one, think LeBron's a better sure. basketball player, but Wayne Gretzky is the only other oh, yeah, person go, who is declared the greatest and nobody really stands up and suggests otherwise. Yeah, so this is this is a this will be great. Uh, other other people in the crowd. There was a uh, uh, Mike Tyson spotting in the crowd, and he looked 
Uh, I don't. Do you say three sheets to the wind when you're very high? I mean, he's publicly very much uh, part of marijuana culture. His eyes he, were. Sells his eyes are bright red, cookies. leaking, and barely open. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think he was fully present for the U.S. Open, although <laughs> right. he had great it's, seats that were very expensive. Expensive ticket, expensive <laughs> ticket to get away if you're going to be completely stoned. Um, anyway, Serena did win, and I want to put one for, one more note on this. Serena won six three six three, which is a pretty dominant performance. Yes. she has not been at her apex throughout, but I would not put it past Serena to have one last push where you see the dominance again. Look, the women's game is very fast. People caught up to the style of Serena Williams when she first started. She was such a specimen that she was just rolling over the competition. She's now much older. The competition is much, much better at a younger age. I'm not sure she'll be able to win the championship, but I think she might have an extended run. What do you think? If you were, if you were prognosticating, because uh, this was a dominant performance. I, I love her and I'm hesitant to say anything that's not entirely positive, but she is not just the same tennis player. She doesn't train nearly as hard by her own admission as she used to train. The comp- competition is Stacked. Yeah. I mean, she Radicanu, was, all those people. She, they're, they're she, she was. Tremendous. She's facing the 80th player in the world that she beat six three six three. Had she struggled against that person, we would have had real problems. Some people she, will be in awe of her, and there will be nerves on the other side of the court yes, that I don't you, think she's and facing. You have, you, which you always have at the U.S. Open when you play an American, but never more so than in this case. Uh, you will have an entire uh, uh, audience that is dying for her on every single point and yes. the whole thing. By, by the way, just to finish this up, uh, I distinctly recall in the early 90s, 91, 92, Jimmy Connors was by that point a, tech, a tennis legend, American tex- tennis legend, went to the U.S. Open, had not been relevant in a number of years. By that point, probably in his late 30s, maybe even 40, and came out of nowhere. He had not won a tournament in years, came out of nowhere run. and had a magical run all the way to the semifinals. And I remember in the semifinals, I believe, he was facing Jim Courier, an uh, up-and-coming American mm-hmm. star. The redhead. And people were booing Jim Courier at every point that he won, which is really unfair. Courier ended up winning and I think losing the title, but nevertheless. Yes. It, it it'll be it'll be fascinating to watch. It's and, and I think we'll see more and more celebrities in the stands as, as it goes on. But let's finish up with... Uh, Kind of a fun story. The Monkees. You know the band, The Monkees? I know the band, The Monkees. Okay. So hey, hey, we're The Monkees. Hey, hey, we're The Monkees. They were a 60s band, sort of a copycat of Beatles mania. Everyone was saying, we need to create these four-piece yes. bands. And they had a television show. This was sort of the American version of The Beatles. Yes. They had the mop Just cuts and everything. three songs that I know about. Hey, hey, we're The Monkees, Daydream Believer, yes. and Last Train to Clarksville. That's right. Well, the last one is yes. interesting because the last one, the FBI at the time was uh, led by J. Edgar Hoover. You know J. Edgar Hoover. Yes. Obviously, he surveilled a lot of people, Martin Luther King, anyone who he thought had leftist intentions, J. Edgar Hoover wanted to surveil you. Uh, well, the Monkees, being a rock band of sorts, although they didn't play their own instruments, they were sort of a television rock band, but they were a rock band. Uh, there's a file on them, and, and about a decade ago, this file came out where an FBI informant said, hey, I went to a concert, they were flashing subliminal messages through their songs with pictures of Berkeley and other sort of uh, yes. anti-war sentiment uh, images on the screen, and they're indoctrinating our youth. Right. And so Mickey Dolenz, the last surviving member of the Monkees, all the Monkees have passed away, uh, now has filed a, a, a document uh, asking the FBI to release the entire file, because he's tried to get them under a Freedom of Information Act, they didn't release all of them, so now he filed a lawsuit saying you have to release this file what what he's going to get about it i don't know i think there's a point of pride with some you know rock musicians to say hey look jay edgar was looking at me i remember paul newman was on nixon's enemies list and he loved it it was great yeah yeah uh so i think there's a i don't think he wants to do much with it but he wants to see what were they looking at what's interesting a couple things are interesting number one 
why aren't we just releasing all of this stuff, right? Agreed. A, it was, it was misguided in the first place. J. Edgar Hoover was an overreaching FBI, uh, head of the FBI. Doesn't have many defenders. Doesn't have many defenders. Uh, at the time, we were at the height of the Vietnam conflict. There was a huge crackdown by the Nixon administration and others against the hippies, the, the revolutionaries. Counterculture, the whole the thing. Counterculture, the whole thing. We kept these files and these people for no apparent reason. Some people need files kept against them. Sure. They're going to be violent. Why not release all this stuff? We should see what the government was up sure. to. We have a right to see what the government was up to. Yeah, this is, a public, this is a public agency that was conducting right. investigations that are now no longer relevant. Obviously, don't release them at the time because there's there domestic and national right. security right. and so forth. But that's certainly not relevant now. Mickey Dolenz yeah. is in his late 70s. They should release these files. I see no reason that we shouldn't have access to what our, uh, the head of the FBI was doing at the time. Right. I see at no I see no and reason. especially if Mickey Dolan's the, the subject of it is willing is willing to say I don't mind that this comes out let, let it out right? that's right let I think out. we'll see it I think yeah. we'll see it because this is I mean it's not a very long lawsuit there doesn't seem to be much of a battle over maybe it's just a, a box you have to check and I think we'll probably see this and it may be fascinating actually because yes. the monkeys weren't like a sort of rabble rouser type of band it so a lot be, of people think this it is it could be funny. a really interesting lens into the entire effort to suppress the, the sort of leading musicians of the day and their 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 part in the countercultural I'm sure the Beatles have an enormous file on the Stones sure. and others who, the Stones especially, because they just came to this country and just committed every possible illegal act for, yeah. for decades. It would um, make more sense with the Stones. I mean, yeah. every Martin Scorsese movie that's anti-war in any in any sense includes Rolling Stones music. Right, I mean, right, they right. were counterculture. The Monkees were sort of commercial culture. Yes. That's why this is a little bit ridiculous. Although I want to see them. I want to see them as well. All, All right, right, guys. Thanks very much. Uh, check us out wherever you get your podcast. Thanks. Thanks. 